body and mind formed, stitched together long before seeing the light of day. Surrounded by brokenness, we strive to withstand living, breathing, fighting, resisting. We were made to heal. Our bodies break and they mend. Our minds fight against fear and doubt. And when our brokenness falls beyond repair, we can have hope in our Creator that we will be restored. For we have been fearfully and wonderfully made. We have been made well. We are continuing our series on healing, and uh, just to get you caught up to speed, for those of you that weren't with us, uh, we talked about that God heals in many different ways. Uh, naturally, our bodies are aligned for healing, and uh, our bodies want to get well. Every time something happens bad, uh, our body says, be restored, uh, get back to healing, move to the direction you were created for. Uh, we talked about that in the medical world, that doctors and nurses and all those that care for us uh, are also working with our body, working with God's will and His desire that we would be made well. And then we talked about supernatural, very little bit, but we talked about uh, supernatural healing. And uh, I thank God that we're moving forward in this. And I just, I want to again say, I'm trying to get you out of the ditch of doubt. All right, I know some of us come from that ditch of doubt and we're moving forward. And I, I came up with this this week. I said, uh, I want to get you out of the ditch of doubt onto the freeway of faith. And if I can't get you there, I at least want you on the path of possibilities, all right? So get out of that ditch. But uh, we learned uh, last week that God is our healer. One of the names that he is known by is Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals you in Exodus 15. Don't have time to go back to that, but we believe that God is revealing who he is by saying his names. Another thing that we see in the Bible, in Mark 16, 17, uh, in verse 18, it talks about these signs will follow those that believe in my name, and it says this, they will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. So it is for us to be praying for sick people. It is for us to be praying for healing. And the Bible is promising that God will do something when we pray, when we believe, and that healing is part of his plan. Um, now, let's pick up from that right there. And again, remember, I'm trying to get you out of the ditch of doubt. Some of you uh, are still there, and you're maybe just thinking about getting out of it. But here's something that people say to me. They say, I don't see that much of uh, healing around today. I don't see that much. I don't see that much of healing around. And they say, well, where, where is it? And I would say, first of all, a lot of it gets, doesn't get reported. Okay, first of all, a lot of it doesn't get reported. People get healed, and then they don't just uh, go to church and, and tell everybody, hey, this happened. A lot of it happens, and then you move on with life. And if you don't think that happens, think about the lepers that were healed in Luke 17. Jesus is healing 10 men that have leprosy, uh, they have been given a basically a death sentence that is on them through this disease. 
Jesus miraculously heals them. Nine of them go along on their way. One comes back to say thank you to Jesus. Now think about it. One's given a testimony saying, praise God, look at this. And the rest of them are like, boy, I got to get back to work and I got to take care of this and I got to do that. And so if it's one out of 10, so I think a lot of things don't get reported uh, with that part because we're just forgetful. We move on in life. We start moving forward. We thank God for the miracle there and the healing that happened. And then we move forward. I'll tell you another thing that happens. The moment that you have a miracle take place, that a healing takes place, the enemy will start to steal away what has been planted there, your testimony. He does not want you to share that with anybody. So immediately there comes an attack of, I don't know if I can tell anybody. I don't know if they'll believe this. I don't know if they'll believe it. And you tell someone like, you won't believe this. I, I was healed of this disease. And they're like, really? Was it a good doctor that said, like, did you go to the Mayo? You know, how many know they start to drill you? And after a while of being drilled about this, you're kind of like, I, I, don't, I don't even want to... God, I know what you did. We'll just keep it between us, okay? So that's part of what happens, and I believe that we do need to share this more often, and we need to share this, and we'll talk about that in a minute, uh, about how you can share that at River Valley Church. But I believe this. Uh, I agree with what uh, Pastor Tim Stafford said in Charisma Magazine. He said, I believe the quality of miracles and healing is the same around the world. The quality is the same. But the quantity is different based on where people live. The quantity is different based on where people live. He said the quality, miracle, miracle, healing, healing, but the quantity is based on a couple of things. There's a lot less looking in America for a healing miracle. Let's be honest. There's a lot less miracle. I mean, uh, we, we're a lot less looking for it. We're saying, okay, uh, you're sick. Well, go to the doctor. I mean, that's the answer. Go to the doctor. Do you have insurance? Of course I do. Go to the doctor. And we go to the doctor, and I thought this is amazing. The doctor gives us a pill in a bottle and says, this will heal you. And you go, I believe. Yep. Yep. Think about that. You, don't, you, you didn't even read the side effects. You're like, I don't have time for the side effects. I'm not going to read the side effects. Now, there's all sorts of side effects, but you don't even worry about them until they show up. And they're like, is that normal? And then you start investigating. The doctor gives you a pill. You are full of faith. And Jesus says, I'll heal you. You're like, well, I don't, I don't know. Where's the doctor? Isn't that interesting? Okay, so there's less looking. So again, the quantity is down sometimes in America because there's less looking and there's less expectation. I mean, people come to church. Some of us come to church and uh, there's, there's so little expectation. Many times we're coming to church thinking, I wonder when this is going to end. Oh, I've got dinner. I've got plans. I've got things. I wonder. You're not even coming expecting God to do something great. You're just expecting, will it end on time? I don't know which campus is the most convicted there, but if it's you, own it. All right, but anyways, <laughs> there's less expectation. And here's what I say, we need to expect more. And you'd say, yes, I expect more, but let me ask you this. When was the last time you prayed with somebody for healing? Or did you say, you know, they come up to you, well, I got this sickness. Hey, I've got a good name of a doctor. Let me get the number here. Uh, or did you say, let's pray? Or did doubt come in right then and there, and all of a sudden you're like, uh, 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 hey, maybe church Sunday, uh, you know, doctor, uh, she's an expert, maybe you should talk to her. We don't even many times go to prayer right away. Our expectation is low. As followers of Jesus Christ, let's raise our expectation level, our faith level, to believe God for more. Again, let's get on that freeway of faith and realize God has more in store for us. 
Now, if you have experienced healing, we believe that God is still healing, and we were seeing uh, miraculous healings take place last week. I was hearing reports even during the sermon. I had a report while I was preaching, somebody got healed. Um, during the song that we were singing about healing, people were feeling a touch of God at the altar. The lines were down the aisle. Uh, we were seeing spiritual warfare taking place, all sorts of things happening, but we were seeing the miraculous take place. And if that's you, that you've had something, please, uh, you can email that to stories at rivervalley.org, stories at rivervalley.org. And we want to receive that from all the campuses. We want to hear the testimony of what God is doing and, uh, because we believe that God still heals. Now, uh, I talked about last week that sometimes there's a combo platter going on, whether it's natural and medical or medical and supernatural. And uh, here's a, a story of someone in our church that had a combo platter of doctors and very much God, very much God at work. And I want your faith to rise up as you watch this video. On August 23rd, 2014, my only daughter was going to be married and marrying a great young man. And it was a day of celebration for us. And, also, our son and his wife were expecting their first child, and he would be our first grandchild born in our family. During the wedding, I began to see Jane just kind of worried a little bit. I looked down and I saw on her leg this bruise, and I'm like, ah, she hit herself, right? And then I noticed again on her hand, here's some more bruises, and... I'm like, this is really strange, and I started to get a little concerned. Went through the ceremony, it was beautiful. Um, went to the reception, and as we were leaving the reception, I told my husband, we need to go to the hospital, something's not right. I walked in the emergency room in my mother the bride dress and my high heels, and they admitted me for the next 16 days. So we've been in the hospital for about 24 hours, and they come to us and they say, we've done some further tests, and we found out that this is stage four melanoma. Your wife has cancer. I'm like, okay, well, what happened to stage two and three? Because all of a sudden, I have this death sentence, stage four melanoma, with 70% of my bone marrow being cancer. That's a lot. And I just remember being curled up in a ball and looking up at my husband and saying, is this real life? I said, doctor, talk to me, what are we facing here? And the doctor said to me, well, I'm not sure your wife is going to make it. I don't know if she's going to leave the hospital. If she does, um, three to six months. I think, I think your wife has three to six months. And immediately I thought about my first grandchild that would be born in December. I said, God, I just want to see my grandson. Just let me see my grandson. I am ready to meet you. And I don't want to leave my family, but I want to see my grandson. Immediately I began reading the Bible and scripture on healing, and I would say them out loud, and I would say it with authority, and I was going to fight. I wasn't going to give up. She decided, uh, we're going to beat this thing. And she would just say to herself, you know, 
I will live. I will praise the Lord. I will beat this this cancer, you know. God can heal stage four cancer. He can heal a cold. He can heal a broken bone. I've seen miracles in the past, and I believed that he could heal me. Three months after Jane was admitted, she had some additional tests done to determine if this cancer was spreading. I received the phone call from my doctor with the test results, and she said, there's no evidence of disease in your scan. The 70% is now 0%. There's 0%. 0% melanoma. And I couldn't believe my ears. I was hoping for 50, 30, 20%. And the doctor said to us, these tests look like someone who never had cancer. She said, this is amazing. You're a miracle girl. I love that title, Miracle Girl. And now, every day, I'm reminded how God moved in our life. We beat cancer. We, we did this. My wife was healed of cancer. It's a beautiful thing. And on December 15th, 2014, my grandson was born. And just to be able to hold him and think about the hope of Jesus and the healing and the power of Jesus and his promises and all he brought me through to come to that moment and that he answered my prayer to see my grandson. Let's thank God for that miracle. Let's thank God. Thank God for that. I'm telling you, uh, thank God there was prayer, there was faith, uh, there's God's love at work, and it was a miracle. I, I don't want you to discount stage four cancer. Uh, we were there, and the doctors and the reports that were coming were so uh, dire, so negative, uh, that when Beck and I went to do a hospital visit there, we had to stop in the parking ramp, and I said, we're not leaving the parking ramp and going into the hospital room till we grab hold of faith and realize Jesus is our healer. I said, we're not bringing any doubt in that room, and we're going to agree with them and believe. And uh, I'm just telling you, that was a miracle. And uh, I know that some people would say, well, if I saw more of that, then I would believe. And I would say, if you're leaning into healing, catch this, if you're leaning into healing, you see stories like that, and you're grabbing hold of it. But if you're pulling away from the things of God, it doesn't matter how many people he heals or how many miracles he does, people that are just bound to determine to pull away will say, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. How many know that they'll keep saying that? But I'm asking you to lean into this and say, God, you are my healer. You paid for this. You paid the price for this. You are my healer. And I want you to lean into this and grab hold of this. And for just a moment, I want to go way, way, way above healing and miracles. What do I mean by this? I want to go way above this. I want to go way above what is going on with healings and miracles. And I want to get way to the top and then come back down. What do I mean by this? Uh, Professor Colin Brown from Fuller Theological Seminary, he said this, the miracles are really just signs pointing to something greater. Grab this. The healing, the miracle is really just a sign pointing to something greater, and that greater is a relationship with God. 
That greater is pointing to God. It's saying God is true. God is love. God wants a relationship with you. God sent his son to die for you. There's something bigger. And so God will break in and do healings and miracles as signs pointing to something greater. Now, imagine you're on a road trip to Chicago. You're going to Chicago, and you're on the road, and you're driving, and all of a sudden you see a sign, and it says, Chicago, 120 miles. Immediately, all sorts of things go on. You're thinking, wow, if we average a little over 60 miles an hour, we should get there in two hours, as long as there's no traffic, and that just shows you've never been to Chicago. And so you're, you're thinking about that. You're thinking during the time. Then you have a sense of relief. We're going in the right direction. I thought we didn't take the right turn back there, but the sign says we're going in the right direction. How many know that hope starts to rise up because you see Chicago? How many know that faith, like it's going to be there, and you're pointing in the right direction? All that happens happens from a sign because you're heading to Chicago. You don't get excited. You get excited for a moment about the sign, but on the way there, you're like, that sign, that sign, that sign was so amazing, that sign. Wasn't that a great sign? It was green with white around it. It was an amazing sign. You don't do that. But the sign is pointing you to where you ultimately need to go. And I'm telling you, every healing, every miracle, it's all about God pointing us to where we really need to go. It's really saying it's all about God. God is bigger than your problem. God is bigger than your sin. God is bigger than anything you're facing. And so remember, I'm taking it up high. We're coming back down for a moment. But this is, it, it's really God saying what you see here is good, but you haven't seen anything yet. There's more in store for you. There's more. If you think I can touch your body, wait till you can see what I do with your soul. That's why in Mark chapter 2, you read in the Gospels over and over again, Jesus would heal and forgive. Have you ever read that and wondered, like, why does this person come up and say, this guy has a sickness, he needs healing, and then he goes, I forgive your sins. And then he goes, oh, now I'll heal you too. See, the healing was pointing, it's just a sign pointing to a bigger thing. Jesus was saying, you're right, healing is paid for on the cross, but it's pointing to a bigger thing, eternal life in Jesus Christ. He's saying, I'm taking you to a, a higher level, a bigger thing here, and this is good for you, and I'm doing this, and I love you, but it's pointing to a bigger thing. Mark chapter 2, verses 8 through 12. Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit this is what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Because he said that he would forgive them. Which is easier to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take up your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take up your mat and go home. He got up, took up his mat, walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we've never seen anything like this. Jesus was saying, I have the power to heal. I have the power to do the miracle, but I have a greater power, which is eternal life. How many know you can enter heaven with a limp? But you cannot enter heaven without asking Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. You can enter heaven in a wheelchair. You won't stay that way in heaven. But you can't enter heaven if you don't ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. But he's saying, I can take care of these things, and I paid the price for these things, and I want you to have these things. Matter of fact, healing will be for you in heaven. And he's like, and I can do this, but greater than this, I can give you eternal life. Healing was a taste. Forgiveness is for eternity. Yeah. 
And Jesus just wants you to grab this over and over again. If he can cure cancer, what can he do with your sin problem? Okay? If he can heal blindness, then he can save your soul. The, the miracles are declaring this. There's declaring a new reality that the kingdom of God has come to this earth. There's a, the, the kingdom of God is here, and it has all the power you could ever imagine behind it, and you can believe every one of the promises of the Bible. Okay? I, I, I hope you're grabbing this. Jesus was saying, I have the power to reverse the problem that was brought on by the fall. I have the power, and to show you that I have the power to save your soul, to forgive you of your sins, to give you peace with God, to do this, I'm going to do a a miracle, a healing miracle in this moment. I'm going to do this to show you that everything else is true. It's true. It's real. And it's all pointing to God. And it's interesting The religious people are like, well, that was a good sign, but we want another sign. They were pulling away from Jesus and like, more signs, more signs, more signs. And it sounds like people that I talk to in this world. They say, well, if God healed my dad, I'd believe it. If God healed my mom, I'd believe it. More signs, more signs, more signs. And they're pulling away. And you know what Jesus, when he said to those religious people saying, more signs, more signs, more signs, he said it to the religious people and to the crowds. He's like, nope, you're looking for sign. He's like, it's not about the sign. The sign is only pointing you to the one that's standing in front of you. Isn't that amazing? He, they, they were asking him in um, John chapter 6. In John chapter 6, they're like, come on, do a miracle. Make some bread for us. Moses made bread for us. Come on, make some bread for us. And he's like, nope, it's not about the sign. Do you understand? The bread of life is standing right here in front of you. The answer is here. You want a sign, but this is the destination is what he was saying. The destination's here. And so never miss this. Everything we're praying for, everything we're believing for, every sign, every wonder, every miracle that takes place is all pointing us to Jesus and a relationship with God. It's all saying eternity. It's all saying that God loves us. It's all pointing to Jesus and the price that he paid. Matter of fact, think about this. When Jesus healed on the Sabbath, they're like, you know, uh, you know, oh, this isn't, you know, right, you know, this is wrong. And he's like, don't you understand? God's a God of love, and he's moving toward you. And he was healing on the Sabbath, and he's trying to get you to be in love with him. It's all about him. It's all about a relationship with him. And all the signs and the wonders and the miracles are pointing to a relationship with God. Everything points to God. Everything. When you understand this, when you understand this, that everything points to God, and that he's a God of love, how many know that you are in position to receive a miracle? You got to get there. You got to get there. You got to get there that everything here is pointing to there. And then when you realize why he brings it to you now, it's because he loves you. It's because he loves you and he's a God of love. And he wants to bring the miracle into your now because he loves you. He wants to bring the healing into your now because he's a God of love. Now, I'll tell you this, um, many of you have heard this, and some this will be a surprise, but our son Connor, our oldest son, who is now a pastor at the Shakopee campus, uh, our son Connor was born with autism. For some of you, that's a huge surprise. Uh, I've shared this sermon before and some testimony of this. Um, he was born with autism. I mean, slept in a car seat. Everything had to be lined up with trains. Um, he didn't like the light. He was in special ed. 
Uh, he had an ironclad memory, you know, we could drive the car and he knew when we went the wrong way. He didn't look at you, he only looked down. And uh, I'm just telling you, God did a miracle. God did an absolute miracle. It was after church one day, it was a very normal day, um, and we were loading up the equipment. We were a portable church, and we were loading up the equipment, and we prayed for a miracle at our loading dock. A visiting pastor said, is there anything you want to pray for? And I was going to pray for church growth and more tithe and offering, a very pastoral prayer request, okay? <laughs> My wife just blurted out, our son has autism and we want to see him healed. Now, I'm going to let you know the backstory. For two years, we had had this diagnosis. We had prayed for healing. We had prayed and prayed and prayed and fasted and prayed. And we had gone to revival services and everything we could think of, read every book that we could on healing, prayed every scripture, did everything we could, and nothing was moving into our now. And so I just kind of gave up on asking God to take what was in heaven and bring it into our now. Let me stop for a moment. Jesus paid for your salvation and your healing and everything that's promised in heaven on the cross. It is there in heaven and it can move into your now. It can move into your now. It's called a healing, a miracle. But I had just placed it in heaven and I said, okay, God, I don't think it's coming to our now. And this is all that I did. I said, I love you even though what I want is held there. I'll love you and I'll serve you. You're a good God. I will be in relationship with you. I'm not walking away from you because you didn't heal my son. I want to be in relationship. And this is just a revelation. As I was praying over this series, I asked God very clearly. I said, God, Becca, Becca just blurted out, our son has autism and we want to see him heal like, like angry mom, you know? angry mom. She just kind of got in there, and I was kind of like, uh, just along for the ride. And so I asked God this week in prayer, I said, did I do anything good in that moment at all? Did I do anything good? Because to me, it was my wife's faith in that moment for that miracle. And God said, this is the only thing you did good in that moment. And he said, you saw me as a kind, loving God. That's all you did. He said, that's all you did right. You weren't mad at me. You loved me, and you saw me as a kind, loving God, and you said you wanted to love me, whether your miracle stayed there or was right. That's all you did. It was mama tenacious faith, faith that got the miracle, okay? You were just kind of along on a love journey, okay? All right, that was it. And it's interesting. In that moment, he prayed over our son, and he said, God's going to heal him for his glory, and he said, this is, he, he was speaking prophetically in that moment. And he said, God has seen that you've loved him and you've not complained and that you see him as a loving God. And I had forgotten about that part of the prophetic word. And he said, and God will heal your son. And our son that was in special ed, our son that couldn't look us in the eye, our son that when you hold the camera up and say cheese, he'd run to the fridge and grab a piece of cheese. I mean, he was autistic. Our son was healed, started looking up at us, talking to us. We brought him into special ed, and they said, what happened to Connor? We said he was miraculously healed by the power of God, and they said, how dare you waste taxpayer money? This guy does not need to be in special ed. And I said, yeah, it's every parent's joy to rip off the system with special ed, you know. <laughs> See, that's how they want you to shut up about the miracle. That's how they want you to be quiet about the miracle. And I'm telling you, that moment we saw our son 
just blossom and blossom. And God said it was, it was a tenacious faith of his mom. She just said, it's mine. And, and we don't have time to go into this. But she appropriated the miracle. She appropri- That's a big word. But what does it mean? It means to take what's there and make it yours. If you want a miracle, you got to appropriate it. you got to grab it. You know, a lot of us pray like, God, if it be your will, and if, but maybe it could. God's like, that is not grabbing your miracle. That's not appropriating. Maybe we'll have time to get in this in the upcoming week, or maybe I might extend this series. But you have to learn to appropriate what is there and say, it's mine. It is mine. It belongs to me. It was paid for on the cross. It's being held in heaven. It's mine. And whether it manifests or not, it's mine. And it's as good as mine. Whether it shows up or not, I'm living with the reality that it is mine. Okay? That's a whole level of faith. Living beyond your symptoms and understanding what is there is really yours, even if it hasn't shown up yet. That's just a whole nother thought. But we've got to realize this. It is God's will to bring healing. It is God's will to bring healing. Stop praying double-minded and and stop trying to be so spiritual. If it be thou will, thy will. You know, don't do that, okay? Don't do that. It is God's will to heal. Read the word. It's God's will to heal. When you pray, don't ever pray, God, if it's your will to heal. Don't ever pray if you're willing to heal. He's willing to heal. It's his will to heal. Otherwise, he went to put sickness on the cross and held the miracle in heaven. It is always, always, always his will to heal. Okay? Now, you say, but it doesn't always manifest. It doesn't always manifest, but it is always his will. It's there, and it's his, it's, it's his will. It's there. It will manifest here, and that's why we call it a miracle. We call it supernatural. There's bigger things at work. There's a bigger plan at work. The, uh, Hebrews 11 talks about some people got it here. All of them got it there. It said they lived in faith, believing that this was being held there. And for some, it jumped the supernatural line into their now. But all of them jumped that way towards their miracle. And God said they all had faith, whether it jumped this way or they jumped that way. I hope this makes sense. We have to believe that it's his will. There's a bigger plan. The word some is involved. We live in a fallen world. There's sprint faith and marathon faith. Um, Some of us are too conflicted in our thinking. We can't get our miracle. God's like, I'm ready to deliver it to you and jump it over to you. But all you think about is what about that? And what about this? And that disease can't be cured. And science says, and God says, I'm bigger than science. And even some of you right now are like, oh boy, there he goes. All right. Yes, he is. Yes, he created the laws that the scientists are discovering. Okay, last thing on this, and I know I'm going to take a couple extra minutes here, but we need to, you need to hear this. Do not doubt God's desire to heal. Okay, you can ask about the timing, but you never, ever, ever should doubt his desire or will to heal. What do I mean by that? It was paid for. It's held there. Is it coming to your now? Don't ever doubt that God wants you to be healed because you're moving toward your healing. Do not pray, if it be thy will. It's his will for you to be healed. Now, you may not have the right timing, and it may be warfare, it may be sprint faith, marathon faith, it may be it's going to be held. You may be Hebrews 11, second part, verse 35. You may be the first part. We don't know that. It's supernatural. It's bigger than we can understand, but it's real. So don't doubt his willingness. 
okay? You can question the timing or not understanding. You can ask about the timing. I'll close with this. Connor and Logan, when they were young, would many times have fun things happen, or we'd be driving by the Dairy Queen, and they would say, Dad, probably you would want to buy us ice cream. You probably wouldn't want... And, I, and it would make me mad. And it would make me mad. Again, this is a revelation I feel God gave me this week. It made me mad that they would say, well, you probably don't want to... You know, they were like questioning my willingness. They didn't question my ability. They said, we, we, Dad, we know you can buy ice cream because you've got that plastic thing in your wallet, and that thing is amazing. Yeah. So they weren't questioning my ability, but they were questioning my willingness to do it. And I got so offended. What do you mean? Of course, Dad wants to buy you ice cream, but let's look at the timing here. It's 4.45. Dinner's at 5 o'clock. I know what ice cream will do to you, and dinner is better for you than right now. So ice cream might have to wait till after dinner. Do you understand that? The timing may have been wrong, but my willingness, I wanted to buy my kids as much ice cream as was responsible for a parent to buy their kids ice cream, okay? Make it a blizzard, make it supersized, jack them up on sugar. It's 9 a.m. Saturday, we got time to burn it off. All right, it's about timing. Are you grabbing this? It's about timing, not ability or willingness. And, and many of well, is it, he's, he, does he have the ability? Yes, he, okay, he created the universe. Is he willing? Yes, of course he is but it might not be the right time. But we know this, it's over there and we're asking for it to get in here. And sometimes at the end of service, all he's like, yep, it's the right time. Bring it on, it's time for ice cream. And there's other times he's like, not right time, but you know what, I've got a plan. I've got a plan, I've got something right here and then here and then, and then there's other times he's trying to get it to you and maybe there's a spiritual warfare, like maybe the power is out at DQ and you wanted ice cream and there was a spiritual battle and the power was out. Is this making sense to anybody? Don't question his willingness. Ask about the timing, but don't stop asking. I don't have time to go into it. I, I know I went over the widow that wanted her need, and she kept knocking, give me my, give me, give me, make justice for my case. And an unjust judge who had no reason, didn't even think her case was worth it, just didn't want to be bothered, so he answered her prayer. Think about this. We serve a loving Heavenly Father that desires to do good. He's eager to do good. He, he already has it held here. Man, let's ask. Let's keep asking. Let's move towards our miracle. Let's never doubt his willingness to do the miraculous. And we'll just we'll pause with the timing. We may not understand it, Kids don't understand. Let's wait for ice cream. But I'll tell you what parents do. We may not understand a wait, a hold, a pause. It's coming. I got something better than you than ice cream. It's coming. Let's never question his willingness. So, Lord, I pray this would go deep into our souls. There was a lot there. Lord, help us. Help us to grab hold of that. You are loving, loving, loving God. So willing, so eager, so able. You pour out your blessings on the just and the unjust. Wow, you're too good to us. So although we don't understand the timing, although we don't understand the delays, but we do understand what is held in heaven for us can be asked for and brought to our reality. So with faith in our heart, we ask, we believe, and we say, Lord Jesus, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's already there. Let it be done on earth as it is in heaven. Should you pause? Should it be a delay? We will love you. We will go above a moment and realize eternity is there. We love you. We will love you. We will love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.